Fast food employees stole customers' credit card numbers to bail out jail inmates. Foreskin regeneration might be the new medical miracle. And Skittles have been banned in California. Is this true? Skittles? These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News. The only daily weird news podcast in the universe. I'm so proud. Are you proud? You should be proud. Restaurant employees were caught stealing from customers to bail inmates out of jail. Ten Hardee's restaurant workers in Indiana allegedly stole nearly $15,000 from customers in a very complex credit card fraud scheme in order to bail inmates out of jail. So we have Hardee's fast food employees. Are you guys familiar with Hardee's? It's been around for quite some time. We're talking about low-level employment here. Uh, we have some employees at the Hardee's stealing credit card information from the customers. Let's find out how this happened, and I assume they're bailing their friends out of jail. Let's keep reading. This story is out of Indiana. Hardee's employees in Michigan City have been charged with fraud and or conspiracy to commit fraud, according to the county sheriff's office. Workers at the famous fast food restaurant chain were accused of taking photographs of customers' credit and debit cards at the restaurant's drive through window during August and September. Then they deposited money into the accounts of jail inmates with low bond amounts in order to bail them out of jail. Uh, county police say these inmates were bonding out of jail almost immediately, utilizing these fraudulent funds on their account. I guess they have a jail a bond account of some sort. After being released, then the inmates were then brought to an ATM and they withdrew the remaining balance in cash from their jail-issued debit cards. Oh, they're issued jail debit cards. And then they can take that debit card and then use it in the real world. I don't know if I'd want to be seen using my jail-issued debit card out in the real world. <laughs> you don't want to take that out on a date. No, don't worry, honey. I got this on my jail-issued debit card. I had no idea you were getting uh, debit cards for prisoners. I didn't. This is uh, Well, this is one way to build your credit. If you can't get a credit card in the real world, just go to jail and build your credit from there. <laughs> Start from the bottom with a jail-issued debit card. We have the county jail commander, Andrew Haha. That's his real last name, Haha. Um, him and his staff noticed large sums of money were placed onto the inmates' accounts from a source outside of the jail. Along with the chief of detectives, Andy Hynek, the police and staff at the jail monitored this suspicious activity on inmates' accounts and began investigating. They uncovered a total of $14,700 in this alleged complex credit card fraud scheme. Now, all the victims of this fraud originally went to purchase food at the Hardee's drive-thru, and they're currently working with their financial institutions to have the funds returned to, him, to them. The Hardee's workers that have been charged, we have three here who have been charged with fraud and criminal organizational activity, and seven others have been charged with conspiracy to commit fraud. So 10 total Hardee's employees, it's a whole army of fast food workers trying to help these people in jail. How does this even come about? It says the Hardee's employees are all from one store on Franklin Street, so they all know each other, obviously. It doesn't say how many prisoners were the beneficiaries of this fraudulent scheme. 
Did, did one or two employees talk the rest into doing this? Are they all friends and they know these people in jail? I have so many questions. I want more backstory in this. This sounds like a Netflix series. Well, I mean, one thing we can all take away from this story is you don't hand over your credit card to an American fast food employee making minimum wage. You just don't do it. No, you tap it yourself. You don't let go of that card. You insert it into the card reader. And if they tell you hand over the card and they're going to do it, no, 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 no. You, you poke that card reader out the damn window if you don't have one already out there. Not giving you my card. Scientists have developed a technique to regrow your foreskin. It's the sound of science. Boop, 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 penis. The silicone breast implant. The Botox. The fillers, these are all plastic surgery marvels that have sparked multi-billion dollar industries. But now there are signs the next big demand is for foreskin regeneration. A new technique so far only explored on animal penises. Now could be used on humans. How does it work? How does it regrow the foreskin? Well, it works by removing cells from a donor's foreskin and then growing the patient's cells over the top. The newly grown foreskin is then surgically attached to the patient's penis, and voila, your foreskin is back. You got, your, you got a turtleneck now. Celebrate. Now, for those of you who are wondering, well, what about the nerves and veins in that new foreskin? Will I have any sensation at all? Good news! This procedure allows veins, nerves, and blood supply to integrate into the new tissue, restoring much of the sensation normally lost via a circumcision. This is great news for guys out there that want their foreskin back. Apparently, they did a poll. They suggest that this is an untapped market for this procedure, with 40% of circumcised men, mostly in the U.S., claiming they would actually pay to get their foreskin back. There's not a lot of options. Currently, circumcised men have very limited options, according to Dr. David Schusterman, a urologist in New York. David here says that surgical reattachment costs $2,400 to $3,500, but leaves scars on both sides of the penis, and it could, can look quite weird on the actual member. It also has no effect on how sensitive the man's penis is after that procedure. This year, less than a hundred foreskin reattachment surgeries are carried out in the U.S. every year, and they're done using skin grafted from other places on the body, such as your legs. You take your leg skin and you put it on your penis. You take your toe skin and put it on your penis. Um, the doctor says these current methods are pretty pointless. They don't really work. You don't have the sensitivity. He says there is no point in reattaching the tissue there. It... It is for looks only, and it never really heals naturally with the penis. The other option is that patients can use devices to stretch the skin of the penis and, quote, regrow their foreskin. But this takes years to yield any results, and there is limited evidence about how well this works as a foreskin regeneration process. Now, this particular foreskin regeneration that they're working on is still in the early stages, but the method is set to enter human trials for the first time next year. Now, so far, they've only done the phase two trials in which they removed the cells from adult human foreskins that were donated by deceased men. Well, how about that? You can donate your foreskin, guys. Put your body parts to good use after you're dead. Why not? I'll donate my foreskin. I'll donate the whole damn penis. It's a, it's a lovely member. Someone might be able to use it after I'm gone. Okay, so they took these cells from the dead human foreskins and they recolonized them with rat cells.
These were then implanted into the rats with researchers finding that the foreskin quickly connected to the host's blood supply. So it worked. Now they're going to do the phase three trials and actually use them in humans. As I alluded to earlier, the beginning of next year, this will involve 15 men who have all expressed dissatisfaction over their circumcision. Donated foreskins will first have their cells removed before the patient's cells are grown onto them. They will then be attached to the patient's penis and monitored for appearance, ensuring they match the rest of the penis and functionality, whether they restore sensation. I love how they say uh, they're going to monitor it for appearance, ensuring that it matches the rest of the penis. Yeah, you should be able to tell before you attach it whether it's going to match the rest of the penis. Try to take foreskin that's the same color of that penis. You know, match that up. (laughs) That seems pretty rudimentary at that point. You don't need a degree to match colors up. I don't know. Maybe there's some guys out there that would like a stripe on their penis. (laughs) Do you enjoy my dark stripe? Uh, The article goes on to say 70% of American men are circumcised. The procedure, though, is becoming less popular. Did you know that? A 2021 study found 55% of baby boys were now being circumcised each year. Um, This is still more common than in peer countries such as the UK, where less than 20% of adult men are circumcised these days. A recent survey carried out by the Cultural Currents Institute in New York asked 10,000 circumcised men, If you could get your foreskin back with full function and sensation, how much would you pay for it? 40% said they would pay, with 10% of these going as far as to say they would pay more than $20,000. 60% said they wouldn't want it back. Circumcision became popular in the U.S. during the 50s, with many doctors touting its potential benefits, such as reducing the risk of infection. However, by the 2000s, many had gone into reverse with medical organizations claiming that while there were potential benefits of circumcision, there was not really enough evidence to recommend this procedure any longer. And I heard the reason that they began doing this in the first place was for sanitation. But keep in mind, when they decided that, I mean, I think I believe this was before the invention of uh, body wash. So now we got soap, guys. We don't have to cut off the tops of people's penises. We got soap. We have running water and and showers. We even have showers. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think of this? Those of you who have been circumcised, would you want your foreskin back? I'm going to have to think about it myself. Call my show, 646-450-2012. I am going to donate my foreskin. I mean, not my foreskin. I'm going to donate my penis when I'm I'm dead. I don't have foreskin to, to donate yet. I mean, I could. I don't have enough money for it, but if I if maybe it's something to consider. Options, guys. It's nice to have options in life. Have Skittles been banned in California? There's some confusion among candy lovers. I've seen many headlines saying California's new bill is banning Skittles. Do you guys know what Skittles are? One of my favorite candies as a child. I haven't eaten them in many years, but I did enjoy them. Uh, Will Skittles no longer be sold in California is the question. It's on people's minds after a bill was recently passed in the state that aims to change some of the ingredients found in America's most popular candies and snacks. They're trying to protect the kids here. They're trying to make candies safe. The four ingredients that have been banned are brominated vegetable oil, potassium bromate, propylparaben, propylparaben, and red dye number three. Yeah, red dye number three. Can't stand red dye number three. It's terrible. I'm a big fan of red dye number one, personally. I put that shit in everything. 
Now, originally in this bill, they included titanium dioxide, which is an ingredient in Skittles. And many people were worried that this candy would be banned in California. But luckily, as it turns out, titanium dioxide was dropped from the ban. Oh, thank God, because I just love titanium dioxide. Isn't it great? Have you ever had a titanium dioxide shake? Super good, man. I know you love vanilla and strawberry and chocolate, the classics. But, you know, give titanium dioxide a try. It is delicious. So thankfully, this recent change to the bill made Skittles exempt from the ban. Skittles don't have any of these four ingredients listed. It's safe to say the candy will be safe from any major changes for now. However, people are still calling this bill the Skittles ban, and that has become a misnomer. The ban is on the sale of processed foods in California containing certain chemicals that they find dangerous and toxic. Now, they reached out to Mars, the makers of some of these candies, for a statement, and they said, quote, chocolate and candy are safe to enjoy, as they have been for centuries. We oppose this bill because there is no evidence to support banning these other ingredients listed in the bill. The ingredients that would be banned under this proposal have all been approved by the U.S. FDA. Well, you know, I'm sorry to say, Mars Candy Company, the U.S. FDA is sus as the kids are calling it, sus, suspect. And if if you don't believe that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is suspect, just take a little trip to the local grocery store. (laughs) Take a look at the poison that's being peddled. Oh, yeah, do a a body fat index count on uh, most Americans. How about that? I'll tell you right there. The American diet is causing heart disease and obesity and diabetes. Uh, We have all the stats already. The U.S. FDA, come on. You're going to go by the U.S. FDA, really? Yeah, they're such an upstanding organization. So strict with their safety standards, huh? You could walk into any store and buy an energy drink in the U.S. with 300 milligrams of caffeine in it. Hello? (laughs) Do you you know the kind of heart attack you can induce in an infant with 300 milligrams of caffeine in a monster energy drink? They're everywhere. Anyways, I digest. We have a quote from one of the lawmakers who was behind this ban, who says, The idea here is for these companies to make some minor modifications to their recipes so that these products don't include dangerous and toxic chemicals. Skittles and many other brands have already made changes to their recipes in the European Union, the UK, and other nations where these chemicals are banned. We simply want them to do the same thing in the United States. Yeah, anyone who's ever traveled to another country out of the U.S. and has had the same brands that we sell in the U.S. will notice a difference in the quality of that product. I was just in Mexico City. The Coca-Cola in Mexico made with real sugar, unbelievable. The Coca-Cola I get in the U.S. filled with high fructose corn syrup. That's nice. That's nice. There's your FDA at work making, making the product so safe for me. Oh, thanks, FDA. Appreciate it. All my kids got diabetes. Thank you. I mean, I know in the bigger picture, this is just a tiny little move on the chessboard, forcing these candy companies to check themselves. One state in the whole country doing this. California is always at the forefront of such things in in the health department. Uh, And I, I hope it sends a message because really, as I stated earlier, they're peddling poison out there. They really are. Hey guys, as you know, caffeine fuels me, it fuels my podcast, it fuels my creativity, I love coffee, but I also have the acid reflux, as you know, so I found another source 
for my morning energy kicker. And it's an elixir, a green elixir called Magic Mind. It's a great coffee alternative. Gives me energy, increased focus. Instead of that fifth, sixth cup of coffee, I just have a little green Magic Mind shot. Keeps my energy going without those jitters and without the damn acid reflux. I love that. Magic Mind is a very delicious little green shot. Has some healthy ingredients like vitamins B and C and matcha. And for my listeners like me who are coffee addicts, this is a healthy alternative. It helps you cut back on coffee a bit. And I have an offer for you. Go to magicmind.co slash weirdaf. Use my code weirdaf20 and get 20% off a one-time purchase or a subscription to Magic Mind. And you can go to that link, magicmind.co slash weirdaf. The code is weirdaf20. Give it a try. Have some healthy caffeine in your life. Yay! Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for spending some time with me in the Weird AF News podcast. I appreciate that. I want to give a shout out to someone who sent me a lovely email. Uh, it's from Two Smacks. Two Smacks says, Hey, Jonesy, I listen to your podcast in the morning over breakfast. I love the way you add accents in your voice to enhance this weird news. You bring laughter to my morning, Jonesy. I wanted to commend the neighbor that removed the coffin skeleton display. Very considerate of them. Bravo. Big applause for them. Hey, you move it to your backyard or you put it inside the house. Hey, good work, Jonesy. Good luck with your life. Good luck with your life, Two Smacks. I appreciate that. Super cool. Super cool. I also got a comment on YouTube that was positive for once. Uh, Angela Nadow. Nadu? Nadi? I don't know if I'm saying that last name correctly. I apologize, Angela. Angela wrote, I absolutely love Jonesy, and every day I look forward to this podcast. Good luck with your life, man. Good luck with your life, Angela. And thank you so much for the comment, taking the time to write that. I get a lot of horrible comments on the, on the YouTube channel for some strange reason. YouTube audiences are quite cruel, I've noticed. I got a nice review on Amazon as well from Anthony Caruso. Anthony was so generous, gave me five stars, and then wrote best podcast ever. I mean, imagine that. Anthony Caruso, best podcast ever. Bro, this is like the best review ever. Come on, Anthony. Unbelievable review. Anthony wrote, listen to Weird AF News every night before bed. It's nice to end my day with a laugh from all the weird crap that's going on, especially Fridays. Good luck with your life, man. Good luck with your life, Anthony Caruso. Thanks so much for taking the time to write me a five-star review on Amazon. Thanks for calling it the best podcast ever. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but um, it, you know, it's your opinion. To you, it's the best podcast. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to write that. That really helps me out because a lot of people write really bad reviews of my podcast on Amazon. So thanks for the five stars, Anthony. I appreciate all the support, guys. It's really awesome. Thank you. Uh, you can always email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. The phone number is 646-450-2012. And you can leave a review of the podcast if, if you like on Amazon or Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You can't write a review, but you can leave me five stars, and that only takes about a second to do. So if you're listening on Spotify, I'd appreciate that. It doesn't take time at all, really. It, it's it really one or two seconds to do that. I would really appreciate that. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, lastly, if you want to support the show, you can go to weirdafnews.com, and um, that's a place where you can join my Patreon or buy me a coffee if you choose to. And I guess that's about it. Keep it, keep it real, man. Keep it real.